Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well, unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine. That's where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, Canopy is dermatologist recommended. This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor reviewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. Join 
the club today and discover new wines you'll love with First Leaf. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F.com slash roses. Tryfirstleaf.com slash roses. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to the Game of Roses. This is the Game of Roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. This is Bachelor Clues, and as the holidays approach, we're answering questions. Today, we have 10 juicy questions submitted by everyone in the pit. Dark Seeker went through all of these and is presenting us today with the first 10. We're going to have another episode with another 10, but these are the first 10. Are you ready, mm-hmm. Pace Case? Yes. Can't wait. Here we go. Here's the first one. Hello, Pace Case and Clues. This is a request, a plead, a please bring back an oldie but goodie. Pace Case, in the early days of the pod, when Clues would state his creature of the week, or even if a creature was mentioned that happened to be your creature of the week, there would be this little pause, and then we would hear... This dog trotting down or whatever, or the the creature might be a horse and then a pause. This horse. Oh, I miss it. I miss the intro to the creature with this creature. Bring it back to us, Pace Case. Bring it home. By the way, this is Stacy from the Central Coast of California. I remember this. I remember when you used to do that. Do you remember it? This dog. <laughs> I, I can't believe we lost it. Thank you, Stacy, for uh, bringing us back to our roots. I love yeah. that you also signed it off like the end of like a self-taped. <laughs> and this is Stacy from the Central Coast. You know, that is what people do when they ask questions on necessary conversation. They always say where they're from. So maybe there's some bleed over happening here. I'm not sure. Oh, okay. We got a little conspiracy town. Listen, I, from time to time, will will think about how the podcast used to be when we first started it. And if you have any interest in finding that out, the back catalog is on our Patreon at patreon.com slash game of roses. Um, we used to have Pace Case going, this dog was also my, or whatever. I'm going to bring it back. Yeah. Just remind me again right before we do another game. <laughs> <laughs> okay. On January 22nd, on Grazia Days, uh, night one, I will remind you to do a proper creature of the week. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Stacey, thank you for this. I feel like it's great to start with a little throwback. Not really, more of a comment than a question, really. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, you know, this is a loose Q&A format. Um, ready ready to change lives. Changing lives, bringing back your creature preamble. Do we have any other things in our past that you would bring back? I guess um, we should just open our mailbag episodes to be, what did we used to do that we don't do anymore that you miss? Yeah. Does anybody out there miss the wall-to-wall music? <laughs> <laughs> that I used to compose and put on because now with AI, I could do that in a flash. I could do that in a snap of fingers. The core 30 out yeah. there really. <laughs> oh like, my God. Oh. 
We missed the beats. Do you remember fucking that when we did that? We watched Labor of Love, which was a reality show on Fox starring Christy, I forget, Chrissy Katzman, who was a player in, I believe, Brad Womack's first season. She was a um, the main person, the main star, the lead of this show called Labor of Love that was a reality show on Fox. It was a game, dating game of attrition, just like Bachelor, but it was about, she was 40 at the time, had her eggs frozen, I believe, and was looking for uh, someone to sire a child with. That was the whole premise of the mm-hmm. show. It was hosted by, um, God, what is her name? Charlotte from Sex in the City. I forget the actress's name. She was the host. And it was terrible. And we watched it live. Uh, Pace Case and I would go on Instagram live while we watched it. And there were about 20 people who did that with us. We called them the core, tr- the core 20. We cannot oh, thank you right. enough yes. for being a part of the core 20. <laughs> um, all right. Are you ready, Pace Case, for a question in quotes, question number two, whatever this may be? <laughs> yes, whatever <laughs> <right>. it is. <laughs> Here we go. Here's question or statement number two. Hello, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. I'm Isabel, and I'm calling from deep in the pit with a question. Clues, you've said before that you can tell what archetype someone would fit into on The Bachelor within the first 10 to 15 minutes of talking to them. Unfortunately, I am engaged to my wonderful fiancé, and it doesn't seem like we're going to break up anytime soon. Although, if we do, I am ready to leverage that as my PTC. My question is, how much would I have to pay you for you to do not an aura reading, but a Gora reading for me to tell me what archetype I would be on The Bachelor. I am dying to know, and I think other people would pay for this service as well. Please tell me what needs to happen so that you will do this. Also, a quick suggestion. Please name the closed-legged Huju after Madison Pruitt and call it a Pruju. Okay, that's it. I love you both. Goodbye. Happy holidays. Let's take this backwards. Another comment. The Pruju. <laughs> didn't we call it that? The Madison Pruitt dead-legged hooju? I don't know. I think we called it like a virgin's hooju or something. It's also known as, a, yeah, virgin hooju, a Christian hooju. It had many names, but I think we did call it the Pruju uh, when it, when it was happening. Know. Maybe I'm wrong. But the question here in this was, <laughs> what would it cost me to do a Gora reading on someone, which I'm, I'm guessing here or, or picking up that it's, I would go on a Zoom with somebody for 10 to 15 minutes and tell them what archetype I think producers would make. I think you should just do it from this clip. Yeah, I'm going to go with professional. That's what I was going to say. I think this is a professional. You can tell there's a, a very precise manner of speaking that usually accompanies a professional archetype. Maybe a teacher. That's what I'm thinking as well. Some kind of administrative lifestyle. I'm not sure, but mm-hmm. I could be completely wrong. You know, it's hard to do just from the voice. You need to get mannerisms and stuff like that, too. You need to get the micro expressions. You need to really see what the producers are seeing when they do these first Zoom casting calls with people. Yeah. For all we know, this woman is dressed in head to toe Louis Vuitton lifestyle. Exactly. <laughs> you never know. Or could be dressed in a kind of Stevie Nicks blowing scarves and long pants type thing that are tie-dyed. Maybe she's a free spirit. We don't really know. She's sitting next to a crystal ball. (laughs) She's reading fortunes as we speak. We don't know. We don't know. But how much would it cost for me to give a Gora reading? (laughs) $25,000. So if there's any takers, let me know. 
<laughs> my my Zoom lines will be open. $25,000 will get you 15-minute Zoom with me. It's a little more than the uh, DLH cameo. A little more. Just a little. No, I think it would actually be kind of fun to do that. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't know if I got that time. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Those might stack up. And I don't think that I would be able to accommodate everyone. And then I'd feel very bad about it. I won't be surprised if there's a comment in here. Pace case. Do more palapas. And guess what? I'm doing as many as I can. Clues is yeah, a machine. Same. <laughs> uh, we're, we're both very busy, obviously. But uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll take the Gora reading under consideration. If I start getting a bunch of DMs of people wanting to do it, maybe I'll hold a, a Gora reading session day or something like this. I just don't know when it would be. Literally every hour of every day is accounted for at this point with work things for me. Um, yes. I could try to figure it out, though, because I am interested just to see. And for me, Sister Wives. Oh, right. Yep. Sister Wives. Speaking of, I watched 90 Day uh, last night. The final of a three-part. This this season ended with a three-part reunion. Wow. That took place over three hour and a half episodes, and it was worth it god it was good anyways i'm i'm really thinking about this gora thing now i think it could be good for me in terms of just keeping my my talents sharp you know will you go through their instagrams in this no i would just look at them i would have a 10 minute 15 minute conversation with them i would ask them my standard Mm. intake questions which are all the same kind of questions that producers would ask you uh if you're going into the show where are you from? What is your family like? Are your parents still together? Where do they live? What's your romantic history like? Uh, do you got any skeletons? Did you play any sports in <laughs> high school? These are the standard questions. I, got any skeletons? Yeah. That that question is usually funny when I'm age, school, yeah. skellies. That is exactly how I do it. Age, school, skellies. <laughs> Um, some people do have some skellies. Some people have some interesting skellies, I gotta say. And those are the fun we ones. I haven't had a good skelly in a long time. Because people scrub. You're not yeah. gonna get skellies anymore. If you get a skelly, it's either gonna be a player who has planted a specific skelly to do something specific with. That's what I'm saying. That's what I would do. But then it requires like actors and stuff. Look, I've I've gone down this path with people I've coached. I'm like, okay, that could be a skelly. Maybe you could use that skelly. Or just an ex who's your friend. Yes, that's the exact path I've gone down. And it doesn't work out because the ex is always like, "Ah, I'm not going to go on TV and like protect. The ex has nothing to get out of it. Because it's a man. Yeah, Yeah. basically. Um, And then you go on and you look like some you know, bitter asshole who's like, oh, why'd you go on the show? I still love you. Like Becca Kufrin's ex didn't come off looking very well, in my opinion, in in uh, Ari Lyondike's season when he showed up the morning after the fantasy suites. I don't know if it was worth it. I think there's a way to do it where you make the skelly your like emotional hurdle you have to overcome. You say, I, you know, I had this on again, off again relationship. I just need to get closure. The person comes on, they do a whole song and dance. You go, well, I think maybe at a different time this would have worked, but I have found my person. And it's Joey, the gazeman. It's Joey Grazie Day. Skelly is as Skelly does. Let's move on to our third question. Are you ready, Pace Case? Hi, Game of Roses. This is Sarah from San Diego. And my question is, If you could hire a male player and a female player to help you coach other players, which two people would you select and why? 
Thanks so much. <laughs> that wasn't quite immediate, but okay. <laughs> immediate for me, clues. Yeah. Who's your male player? Uh, Nick Vial. Yes, same. Um, I would also take under advisement Blake Horstman and Jason Tardick. Um, I believe that mm. those three people to me, Vial encapsulates the greatest player of all time. He can tell you how to... Uh, in a way, kind of. In every way. He can tell you how to cut down the second audience. Not in most group date roses. Not in lowest RQ. Really not in most group date roses? We'd have to go back and look at that mm. number. Not in not in best RQ. You're right. He doesn't have that stat. But I believe he does have the most group date roses. Most. So many stats. So many stats. Anyway. He definitely has the most kisses, most screen time, most total roses. My female player, I think, would be Hannah Brown. She is mine as well. I would also take under advisement Caitlin Bristow. I would also take of under course, advisement maybe. Rachel Lindsay. I would also take, I, I mean, there's a lot of, of women players because in my opinion, there are different players that represent like uh, standout performances in certain aspects of the game and the post game. And so it would depend on what a player would want to get out of this. But if you're really looking at like building a roster of players who could help coach incoming players to be like, this is what you need to do in any given game situation. And then this is how you turn your time in game into a uh, business after it. There's a bunch of different players who have those elements yeah. like Tardic. Hannah Godwin. Hannah Godwin is a great influencer. Uh, she was also a very good player, but her time in game wasn't like she had a rookie season and a paradise season. She was constantly in talks to be bachelorette after season 23, but never quite rose to the crown. Um, so I think she's like limited in what she would know in terms of how do you be a lead. But the influencing is part of the game, as we all agree. Absolutely. And that's another thing that I think Hannah Brown would be good at. Hitting 2 million Instagram followers. That's a that's a huge thing for a goat. Yeah. Any of the 2 million club, you're looking at uh, Popeye, you're looking at Hannah Brown, you're looking at... Jojo. But also some of those players like Jojo and stuff, um, they're so old school. Like if you ask Jojo, what do you do on Paradise? Any of her advice would be meaningless in the current state of paradise. <laughs> Anybody from any of those eras would be, you know. Unless she said, go on Love is Blind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's her advice is like, don't do The Bachelor. But yeah. I think um, on the guy side. Go on the biggest D. What was her show called? <laughs> uh, yeah, the big D. I think it's called big the big D. D. The one that her and her um, husband hosted. But uh, yeah, I think that you're looking at Vial for quite a lot of things i think he understands the game well still he has moments where he, mm. he is like flashing back to a, a bygone era which is not what the game is now but he definitely knows how to turn time in game into a, a giant media empire as does caitlin bristow how to kind of have your tendrils all out over the nation via secret voice memos yeah how to maintain scenarios. relevance shit like that I think Tardic understands the business side of things in a way really no other player does. And I would always want him in somebody's corner if you're looking into like, how do you make money off of this thing? Negotiations. Yeah. yeah. I think that guy has it locked down. Obviously, Tyler Cameron in terms of depending on if you're a certain type of player like Tyler Cameron, I think would have good advice for like the best looking guy every season. That's basically who he can <laughs> train. And that's about it. You know? <laughs> 
He's gonna he's gonna give you your diet. He might be just someone you know you want on your coaching team just to be there, just to kind of stand around and uh, help out. I would have Vial for second audience. How do you handle the other players? How do you dominate them? How do you manipulate what? them? Yeah. Because of his great second audience game, he did not have a good second audience game. What? He dominated. I'll never forget. More than Kufrin? That shot in his rookie season when the uh, Andy Dorfman is on a one-on-one date. I forget who the guy is, but the one-on-one date is they're rappelling down the side of a building. And all the other guys are in that building and they have to watch them come down the window. And there's the shot of all the fucking guys are pressed up against the window like, oh my God, I can't believe they're fucking all this day. We have to watch it. Vial's off in the corner. Peeping Tom. Vial's peeping on the peeping Toms. He's watching the other players. He's not watching Dorfman. He's watching the other players. I know, but that's not a good second audience. He had an antagonistic relationship with the second audience. And a dominant <laughs> oh my God, relationship <laughs> with the second audience. He dominated these men. Openly. They knew it was happening and couldn't stop it. The other guy won. Did he? Second place. Did he? Did Josh Murray wear the crown? Did Sean Booth wear the crown? They didn't win. Surrey. That's for all the Canadians. Um, He dominated all of them. I think, yes, he had an an antagonistic second audience game, but it fucking worked. The man knows how to manipulate. I'm just saying, ideally, your second audience game is you build allies and you have a team that you can Can link up with parasocially. That's one second audience game style. Yes, I agree. I don't know if I like 8 a.m. clues. (laughs) (laughs) Can be. (laughs) Okay. Uh, let's move on. Thank you for that question. Let's get to our next question. Are you ready, Pace Case? <laughs> question yes. number four. Hi, Pace Case. Hi, Bachelor Clues. This is Haley from the Bay Area. I have a question for you. I have a neighbor who is perfect for Golden. She is widowed. She's gorgeous. She just turned 70. She's fun. She's funny. She's completely for TRR. And I'm been noodling this over for like several years ever since we saw those initial casting cards for golden i didn't initially submit her because i was worried that they would get the same edit as you know in the main game where she could be just her life could basically be ruined um by the fame and not in a good way but Once I saw that the golden players were treated like absolute queens, I thought maybe I should encourage her to apply. But my question for you is, is it going to, do you think that the golden franchise is going to continue on in such a 4TRR way where they're treating their cast members like queens that they are? Or is it going to take its turn and they're treated like main game players, in which case I really don't want to submit my lovely neighbor to that sort of torture. Great question, Haley. Something that I am wondering every day. I -hmm. think if I had a beloved grandmother, for instance, would I, uh, my grandparents are past, (laughs) uh, would I want them to, to do this, to go through this? And I'm like, I don't know. They protected the first season. Mm-hmm. It doesn't guarantee they're going to protect the second season. Yeah. I think probably what is going to happen 
is you are going to see an exact replication of the beginning of our beloved game. Seasons one, two, and three are going to be cookie cutter exactly the same because these ratings were huge. Mm -hmm. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. And if it's mm. real good, if it's beyond ain't broke, don't fucking change it at all. That's what you're going to see. Then season four, submit your neighbor right now. Get them in one season one, two or three. Season four of these shows is going to become the experimental era. That's where you're going to see them start to muck around with it a little bit, throw in a couple of things, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And they're going to start taking massive liberties with it uh, in the experimental era, just like they did with, with the original game. And then I don't know what's going to happen. None of us do. They don't yet. You know, they literally going to try things out to be like, we need to spice it up. The ratings are dipping. And then you have no idea. So like celebrities are going to come in. Are they going to have celebrity goldens? They should if they coming can. In? Remember, like they tried to do that in the original. You remember? Fuck, I mean, Jerry O'Connell, Jesse Palmer himself was that he was the fifth bachelor. And Jesse Palmer was meant to be a celebrity bachelor. He was an active roster. Charlie or Charlie O'Connell. Sorry, Jerry's his brother. Jerry's the famous one, but Charlie O'Connell was in some stuff too as an actor around that time. But his brother was like on sliders at the time. He was on a network TV show, the star of it. Um, and that was season seven. But uh, DLP originally. So we could see a Nepo baby sibling. Yeah, I think we could see something like that. And, you know, yes, we're going to see a villain. We're going to see a real villain that is not protected by the show, that is presented as a terrible person. That's coming. Probably this year, I would guess. And also, it has to do... I guarantee it. <laughs> I'm not guaranteeing anything. But uh, it also has to do with how the producers... Or, or sorry, how the players coming in view the game. Because the longer the game is on TV, the more people are aware of that when they apply. This first season of Golden really was like... There was nothing on TV for you to compare it to. The, the first players mm -hmm. didn't know what it was going to be like. So they're more apt to be for TRR. Anybody going into Golden now has seen that first season. They understand how, oh shit, some of these people got 100,000 Instagram followers. And I'm not saying that's their primary motivation, but it is a part of them going in. They understand this. They understand these people became celebrities for a little minute. And that is mm -hmm. a part now, whether you are against that component of it, or you're doing it because of it, or anywhere in between, that 4TWRness of it is seeping into the player base even as we speak with the next round of people cast. And this is true of every reality show. I, I will never forget on, um, I used to watch a show called Breaking Amish. God damn, it was a pleasure. And uh, it was on, I believe, TLC. And it was about a bunch of these Amish kids who in the first season go to New York City to see, do they still want to be Amish? Do they like the, uh, as they call it, English lifestyle? And one of them becomes a model and all this stuff. And None of them understood really what reality TV was even. Then by season two, you have people who completely understand coming from the Amish, Amish community. They're going on the show to become celebrities, butted right into people who didn't understand still that everything's being videotaped. And so one of the players got caught in a massive oh, lie, which had criminal repercussions. And the, <sighs> the producers were like, we have it on tape. You can't lie about this. And that became a part of season two. Oh, so um, I think that there are the players are going to start to become more savvy, which will make it harder for the producers to do their jobs, which ultimately is what spurs the experimental era of Golden Bachelor, which I think is going to be in the next couple of years. I think there's something else that could spur the experimental era, which is are any of those competing 
senior dating show is going to come out. That too. Yeah. Have they canned them all? Absolutely. Canned them. No way. Or are they going to come out with some twist that causes Golden Bachelor to have to modify the game? I don't know. But yeah, I mean, look for that over the course of the next couple of years. You're just going to see a tidal wave of older people reality dating programs as well. I think like if love is blind is smart, there's a golden love is blind. Any format that works, just put old people in it and it will also work. That is what Bachelor has proven. I bet golden love is blind is in the works. Yeah. Love is really blind. I can't wait. Love has glaucoma. (laughs) Um, Okay, let's move on. Love is... Uh huh. <laughs> love is legally blind. Love can no longer drive. Love has had its driver's license revoked. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's move on. Love has had its driver's <laughs> license revoked. I mean, they should really do that. That's a good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> These California freeways. <laughs> let's move on to our next question. Here we go. Hey, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. My name is Lindsay, and I've been listening since our cursed year of 2020. And you guys have been my parasocial pals ever since. Bachelor obviously holds a special place in my heart, but I'm now also in the pit of special forces, world's sassiest soldier, world's most beautiful man contest, the show of many names. My question for you is twofold. Firstly, which other Bachelor players do you think would dominate in future seasons of the show? I personally think the ultimate Viking and Susie Evans have the right combo of physical prowess and mental toughness. My other question is how far do you predict the two of you would make it on the show? Can't wait for the Parasocial Play of the Year awards. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. You got a cornerista, sounds like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Love to hear that. Thank you for uh, taking these journeys with Bachelor Clues into Special Forces, Special Man. I loved Special Forces. Um, I loved it. I thought I was going to watch it and just be like, this show sucks. I'm just watching it for Viall and Cameron. I wound up loving the show. Would you watch another season with no Bachelor person in it? Ooh, yeah, I would. Wow. As long as there's some celebrities in there that I know who they are and have some kind of interest in. But mm-hmm. like, yes, seeing Tyler Cameron and Nick Vial in it made it way better. And the fact that they won it made it a lot better as well. Because I was in it till the end. Ultimate Viking. Yeah. Matt James. Yep. Mm. You know who I don't think? You know who I think is kind of built for this seemingly, but I think would fall apart in it? Colton Underwood. Hmm. He's he's like a jacked ex-football player, which does yeah. well in this kind of a game, but I don't think psychologically he could handle it. The, the game is primarily psychological. What? You saw what he did in fucking Bachelor. He tried to escape the show. Yeah. Like, all you have to do in Special Forces is say, I don't want to do this anymore, and you're out. He did run away from the Bachelor. <laughs> he did run away from the Bachelor. I don't think Ari Leyendijk does well. I'm just kind of going back in my head through uh, recent leads. No, I don't think Zach Shawcross hacks Popeye. it. I don't think Pilot Pete does it. Then you're getting down into like I think Sean Lowe, Pavelka ain't doing it. I think Sean Lowe maybe could handle what? this. What? Yes, he was a, a standout college football player who had NFL prospects. I know he's a little bit older than the the standard winners at this point. But I think he could do it because that guy has that mental fortitude that's just like he believes God is on his side and nothing can stop him. If you believe that, that's true. I mean, what the nothing can stop you, you know? Yeah, that is a mental toughness in its own. I agree with you about Susie Evans. We know the beast has already dominated this game. 
I'm looking at Rachel Lindsay. Oh, Susie Evans, I think, would crush literally any other reality show. I can't believe we haven't seen her in anything else. I think Rachel Lindsay would do well in this. I think Christina Mandrell would dominate this. I don't Mm. know if she's a high enough profile from the game to, um, to ever get the invite, but I think she would absolutely dominate this game. She's very physically fit. I think Charity Lawson might do well in this. She has that kind of like hard-nosed attitude Mm. of like, fuck this shit, I'm going to win this. I don't see any of the 19 Bachelorettes. I don't think Gabby Windy, I don't think Rachel Reckia does well in this game. I'm not sure Katie Thurston would do well in this game. No, and I'm not sure that I would do well in this game. I think I would last... Whatever the day is that they are cold, I'd be like, no, yeah. thank you. They'd find the five packs of cigarettes hidden in your pants pockets like they did Tara Reed <laughs> on day one. <laughs> I would exactly do however well Tara Reed did. <laughs> she made it through the first day. I think I could dominate this game because it is just psychological. You throw the switch. You say to yourself for eight days, I'm going to go through absolute torture God. and then I'm going to I'm going to be done with it. I wish we could see you do it. And I think I'd be way better than the... I mean, you've done more <laughs> for less. <laughs> you've got... <laughs> getting in the best shape of your life for a dude best shape of my life was my mid-20s. I don't know if I can ever get back to that point. You know, the metabolism slows down, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But I do feel like I'm... I'm, uh, I'm, I'm still peaking. I'm about second all-time strongest. Oh, nice. Game of Roses is sponsored by BetterHelp. Clues, we all carry around different stressors, big and small. And if you keep them all bottled up, it can affect you negatively. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. You might be taking care of your physical body, but are you taking care of that beautiful mind, Clues? Yes. I have benefited from therapy greatly in the past, Uh, It has helped me get through stressful experiences, manage boundaries, learn coping skills. You know, the the whole premise of life is is kind of a, a it's a lot to undertake and therapy can help with that. Well, if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. All you have to do to get started is fill out a brief questionnaire. Then you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Game of Roses. Clues, it is springtime. It is the off season. It is gore girl summer. The weather's getting warmer. Thank true. Dark Lord Palmer. And it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and cowls and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul, get those staple pieces, and I found quince. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces keeping me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I got the cotton modal scoop neck tee. It is so cute. It is literally the first thing I reach for in my dresser when all my clothes are washed. You know those special items. If you are not like Clues, who only wears one outfit. I'm Quince head to toe at this point. I'm a Quince boy. (gasps) I'm a source boy, Quince boy. 
Let's you got no go. idea. I'm wearing Quince t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince long sleeve t-shirts, Quince pants, Quince sweaters, Quince pants. I'm Quinced. <laughs> Just call me Quinced. King Quinces. Okay. They call me. I love Quince. Okay, Quince. Uh, get warm weather ready with Quince. Be a Quince king yourself or Quince queen. Go to Quince.com slash roses for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I n-c-e dot com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash roses clues mm -hmm. i've been on a mission i'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt yeah um because it's spring i'm ready to get out there i'm ready to peacock luckily the perfect t-shirt does exist and you can find it at skims from cropped silhouettes to long sleeve layering tees, there's a style for everyone. You guys know how excited I was that Skims became one of our sponsors for this podcast. They have great basics and foundations. I got the boyfriend t-shirt in onyx. That's kind of a dark black color. And the cotton jersey long sleeve t-shirt in kyanite, which is kind of like a blue green. And they are both so comfortable it's basically like you are wearing no nothing. Great for free spirit types. Well, for all the free spirits out there right now, you can shop the Skims t-shirt shop at skims.com. Now available in sizes XXS through 4X. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Again, that's skims. All right. Well, we anticipate the peak happening in 2024. Until then. I'm not saying 2024. <laughs> 2025? 2026? When is the peak? I'm just saying it's pays, coming. Pays peak. Okay. In the near future or far it's, future. I'm not know. I'm not past it. It's it's on the horizon. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh all right, let's move on to our next question. Here we go. So this question's for Lizzie, but it's a little bit about aliens, so I don't think you're going to be mad about it, Chad. So my favorite show other than our beloved game is The Good Place, and my favorite character is Janet on The Good Place. Um, and I should also say that my um, territory for work is Las Vegas, so I get to go there all the time, and I get to meet um, with businesses and locals, and they tell me fantastic stories um, about the secrets of Las Vegas, but by far the best is about this secret government airline called the Janet. And it's in a secret terminal in McCarran. And all it does is commute people who live in Las Vegas to Area 51 and back every day. And it stands for just another non-existent terminal. And the second I heard that, I was like, oh my God, this has to be the inspiration for Janet. Um, because it's so weird and secret and spooky. And it just describes Janet perfectly. She's not a girl. She's not a robot. She's just another non-existent terminal. So Lizzie, um, ease my mind. Is this the inspiration for Janet? Uh, this answer might disappoint. I do not know. I don't think so. <laughs> I I think the, the character of Janet was conceived before the name. But you know what? Uh, my old boss, Mike Sure would would often put very deep, deep literary philosophical references. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was some sort of reference, but alien reference, not, not so much probably. Yeah. Good place. Didn't have much to do with aliens as I recall. It, in some ways, in some ways it's not, it's, you know, it's sci-fi for sure. Yeah. Um, 
I don't want to give anything away. Go watch The Good Place, which was four seasons on NBC. My first uh, solo written episode of TV is episode 406. Um, so you got to go through uh, three and a half seasons to get to the best episode. Um, but Janet was played by Darcy Carden, who's an absolute gem and one of my favorite characters. I had a very, very good storyline for her in my episode. And speaking of the Janet Airlines, now I'll take this opportunity to tell you about a man named Bob Lazar. Thank you. Oh, uh, <laughs> Bob Lazar was <laughs> something of an engineering. You may think this question is not for Bachelor Cruise. <laughs> oh, you say the word fucking aliens? It's for me. I'm going to make it for me. There's a guy named Bob Lazar. Check him out. If you're interested in aliens at all, check out this guy, Bob Lazar. Google that name, L-A-Z-A-R. In the 80s, he was a young engineering genius. He claims he was recruited by some kind of special government force to take that flight every day from Vegas out to Area 51, where he was on a team of people that was reverse engineering technology from a crashed alien craft. And he was discredited by the U.S. government. His career was destroyed. They expunged a bunch of his uh, collegiate records. He said he went to this school and that school, but you can't find him on any of the records. But there are paper documents that still have his name on it from those schools. And they basically destroyed this guy's life. Now, since he came out in the 80s as a whistleblower, a bunch of the shit that he's talked about has started to come true. He talked about a specific element that didn't exist on our periodic table, which was the fuel for this UFO that they were trying to reverse engineer. And everybody's like, that element doesn't exist. Fuck you. We've been able to synthesize it in labs at the atomic scale, so it does now exist. He talked about the fuselage of these alien craft having no joints, no seams whatsoever, and he didn't understand how that was possible. Now, with 3D printing of especially materials like metal, plaster, whatever, I mean, isn't that just technology that w is bound to happen at some point? 3D printing? I don't think in the 80s people were thinking about that. Remove the joints. Remove the joints from things. Maybe. I mean, I'm just saying he, he in the 80s, talked about a lot of technologies that existed on these craft mm -hmm. that people were like, that's insane. You're making this shit up. And now we have those things. We have these technologies, yeah. or at least the rudimentary first steps of them. Just like in Xenon, the Disney Channel original movie, oh. they basically FaceTime on their arms, and I always thought that was really a cool technology. Mm. And now we can do it, and no one answers my FaceTimes anyway. Think about Star Trek, 1960s. Those motherfuckers had cell phones. That's cool. I didn't watch it. Predicted it. Um, at any rate, check out Bob Lazar if you are interested at all in aliens. Thank you for the question. The good place question. I'm picturing like a Bulbasaur with glasses. He does wear glasses. He's like, these technologies are going to happen. Like the Bachelor Clues of the 80s. Uh, Yeah, kind of. I mean, Lazar is like a, a kind of lightning rod of a figure in the UFO community. Some people think that he's a total fucking crackpot. But as more and more of these things that he he was talking about in the 80s, as they start to like happen in our own material science world, people are like, huh. Maybe he was telling the truth at any rate. I bet there's a lot of inner division in the alien communities. There is, but this year, 2024, is going to have a bunch of big key moments of the United States government being forced to release certain documents and stuff. I think 2024 is going to be the year that we see a... What do we have to look forward to? Uh, there's a hearing happening, I believe, in early January 
with that guy, David Grush, who was the whistleblower that said we have non-human biologics and he supposedly is going to release more stuff. The, I believe it was the house just overturned a part of a spending bill that was going to force all government agencies to release their UFO shit. So that's going to be a contentious thing in 2024. Mm -hmm. They're going to get that reversed. Hopefully we'll see. We'll see. At any rate, this is not an alien podcast. Let's continue with our next question. Thank it's, you. It's pit miss. You know, you got to indulge. Yeah. Speaking of indulging, here's our next question. Hi, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. I'm not going to tell you my name in the event that the person I'm talking about is a member of the pit, which is very much a possibility. Um, but a member of Bachelor Nation has publicly announced that they are moving to the city that I live in, which is a decent-sized city, but not large enough that it has a large Bachelor contingency or a team name. So I'm hoping not too many people are sliding into his DMs, because I would like to slide into his DMs and either ask him out or just start a conversation and see if it leads in that direction. And I'm wondering if you have any tips to help me stand out. Thank you. How to slide into a bachelor person's DMs. What a great question. Yeah, this is a tough one. Um, especially tough because I don't know who the person is. If I knew who the person was, I could give you an exact foolproof scheme. But you know they're in a small city. I feel like that says something. Um, yeah. No. I mean, look, it, it just depends on who they are, honestly. I would say you're applying for the show. Yes, I would as well. I would say that that's what i was going to say as well you need to link yourself to the bachelor and make yourself more than just a fan reaching out there has to be like some purpose and not only do you reach out and say i'm thinking of applying for the show you have to mention i saw you on season blank i loved what you did on this group date on this one-on-one -on -one, whatever M mention some specific thing and then have a question mm. about that specific thing oh yeah so you know they're not sending like a cover letter to all bachelor people Yes, exactly. And you also say like, and my, and I am thinking about applying for the show. I saw what you did in this thing. And it just got me to thinking about like, uh, you know, what can, what is the possibility in the show? What am I really looking at? If I get into this, you might even want to lie a little bit and say, not that you're thinking of applying that you already have applied and you're making into, you're making it into like, you're going to have your third Zoom meeting with casting producers mm. and you just had some some questions. Would he be open to maybe going out for a drink? I would just enter casting so that it feels <laughs> on the up and up. And having a conversation. <laughs> but don't start asking him questions in the DM. You, With this same message, in the message, you say, hey, I loved you on this season. I'm in the deep casting process or think about applying, however you want to put that. I would love to take you out for a drink and mm, ask a few questions if you wouldn't mind. Solid. You set the date up in that first DM. This is my advice to you. I wish I knew who this player was. I could give you, I could literally tell you word for word what to say if I knew who the player was. There's so many bachelor relationships that have started this way between players. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's fascinating. A fascinating piece of our society yeah. to study the DMs. But you need to differentiate yourself as a I was in a hinge hinge relationship, which I consider kind of the same as DMs. Hinge? But mm -hmm. it's a dating app though. You specifically go on there to date. I guess that's well, you think Instagram that's is the entire internet, I guess. <laughs> but you definitely need to separate yourself from just a fan of the show. Fire emojis, remember them? Hell yeah. I'll never forget fire emojis. Poor Avon. 
If you ever get a, if you get a fire emoji, is it Avon? Is that who you're going for? <laughs> Watch out for the fire emoji. Um, if you are going to do this though, you do need to establish yourself as somebody who is not just a fan of the show that you look at it as like, this is a career opportunity, a business opportunity, whatever. And you, and again, it's very important that you say, I am going into the show in some capacity. And so I need your kind of professional advice. Can I take you out for a drink or dinner and ask you some questions? What if someone didn't want to lie? What would we say? You shouldn't go into The Bachelor. Well, they're not going into The Bachelor. They're just trying to date this person. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you should do both. You should actually also apply. Okay, you're a journalist. You say you want to write an article. <laughs> That's a lie, too. What are you talking about? You're like, what if they don't want to lie about this? What other lie could they tell? But you could be a journalist. For I'll come up with one for every profession. No, if you don't want to lie, um, then you're kind of stuck. And this is like an innocent lie. It's an innocuous lie. And it's one that you can get out of later. Because you could always just say like, yeah, they, they dropped me. Like I didn't get on the show. Oh, well, that's it. And then if you yeah. get involved in a relationship with this person multiple years down the road, you can say, I made that whole thing up, but now we're madly in love. And isn't that funny? And aren't I cute? And it all work out. Yeah, one to two children in. Yeah, exactly. On the the birth, the day of giving birth to your second child, you reveal that mm. this was all a long game strategy. Anyway, does that answer <laughs> your question? <laughs> all right, let's move on to our next question. Let's see if we can give some more sage advice. Here we go. I hope it's a comment. Hello, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues. I am a college history professor. I teach American history. And my question for you all is, how can I include the Bachelor franchise in a class on modern American history? I currently end two classes with a unit on HGTV and the 2008 housing crash. And I think we can make a similar unit happen um, using our beloved game. Um, but what would the significance to broader American history be? What would the kind of theme of the unit be? Would it be the influencer economy? Would it be gender and pop culture in the 21st century? Or would it be something about like 9-11 and the search for normalcy and abnormal times? Help me make this unit happen. I think you absolutely do the 9-11 one. Yeah. Post 9-11 America is a very interesting time, especially with the rise of reality TV. I would also, though, before we even get into the details of this question, uh, there is a class at DePaul taught by Dr. Adrian Stoner, which uh, Pace Case and I have have lectured in or, or guested in called The Bachelor. So I would look up that class um, at DePaul. There's an entire semester long class just about The Bachelor where they have different guests come in and, and speak and they talk about the significance of our beloved game in American pop culture and how it's helping to shape essentially everything that has happened on television in the last 20 years or whatever. I kind of say you do it in the like 45 era too. as like For sure. The first reality TV show president. I mean, that to me is kind of where The Bachelor fits in front and center into all of this. The Bachelor is... Because I think Reagan was for like scripted actors, you know, it's like... Yeah, he was just a straight actor. And of course, we've had Schwarzenegger as the governor of California, Jesse Ventura as the governor of uh, Minnesota, who was a pro wrestler turned actor, et cetera, et cetera. There, there are a bunch of like entertainment people who have matriculated into various positions of political power. But... As you say, 45 was our first reality show president. And so when you're looking at, and I mean, you know, on Game of Roses, we've talked a lot about 
what we believe is Dark Lord Harrison's, or maybe what I believe is Dark Lord Harrison's uh, desire to enter Texas state politics, which I think is going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's one angle of it for sure. No, he's discovered podcasting the best job. He's not going to do another job. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll see. I think he's still got a political future, but I think you can come at it from that direction. I think you can also talk about how The Bachelor really has exemplified this, the the attrition game, which is also survivor American Idol. There's a bunch that are like it, but to apply it to dating really turns the gamification of dating into a brand new thing. And I think that it has, in my opinion, anyway, drastically affected all the dating apps and how people even approach dating. The idea that you can date multiple people and kind of compare them against each other and say, well, I like this one the best. They'll move on to whatever the next Mm -hmm. round of my internal dating strategy might be. That's what I was going to say, like open relationships and queer relationships and how that kind of intersects with it, I think would be really interesting too. like because The Bachelor is just has just been so behind the culture and like, how does that rep- the fact that that's still so popular? How does that reflect back on the society at large? Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is gonna feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact, They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. Sweaters, candles, The dreaded bathrobe, unfortunately, Mother's Day gifts can be a little predictable and boring. That's why an Aura frame is the perfect gift to mix things up this year. It was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. My mom loves hers. I'm throwing pictures of Skabooli and our cat up there. She's laughing. She's texting me. He's so cute. I wish I could meet him. It's the next best thing to, to meeting my cat, really. You know, I love that it was so easy to set it up. I've recently learned I'm not good at uh, building things and I need an easy install. And this only takes about two minutes to set up the frame using the Aura app. Aura frames are Wi-Fi connected, come with unlimited storage so you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. 
She'll be grateful it's not another sweater and she'll love the frame to see more of you. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use code ROSES at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. If you are a wine lover like myself and you got to have it for your bachelor viewing parties, I'm going to let you in on a little secret. I found the personalized, the most personalized wine club that has amazing wines and exclusive perks called First Leaf. As a First Leaf member, you get to try new wines and I'm guaranteed to enjoy them because they got to know my unique preferences. I answered a few questions on their website, this quiz about the flavors you like, how often you drink wine, Monday nights, if you prefer red, white, or rosé. And based on these, it gives you this amazing selection of wines tailored just for you. And when you rate those wines, it gets even more tailored, a la, you know, uh, Netflix. Just play into the algorithm. My algorithm got me both rosé and white wine, my Mm. favorites, and they were so delicious, and I've gotten to enjoy them with many of my my friends. Look, being part of the First Leaf Wine Club also has perks. As a member, you get access to their incredibly helpful wine concierge. So if you want uh, wine pairing advice or you want to talk about the wines in your box, you can always talk to one of their experts. Plus, you get member-exclusive pricing. What's in the box? On every order. (laughs) Join the club today and discover new wines you'll love with first leaf go to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to get your first box that's t-r-y-f-i-r-s-t-l-e-a-f.com slash roses tryfirstleaf.com slash roses and there's also something to be said for um what is kind of this we are right now experiencing the birth of a new era in reality tv which is all of these secondary shows that are now coming out. House of Villains, Traitors, World Sassiest, uh, Perfect Match I'd even throw in there. These are shows that are like matriculation shows. <clears throat> you can't enter any of these shows unless you come from another one of the big feeder shows, Bachelor, Survivor, Vanderpump, whatever. So you now have an entire tier of other shows that are completely populated by players from our beloved game and these other shows. Eventually you're going to see a third tier, a fourth tier, a fifth tier. You're going to see a pyramid of these shows. That means if you get cast in one of the initial shows, one of the the rookie season kind of shows, you can have a whole fucking life of appearances in these other reality shows. Squid game. (laughs) I don't know if squid game would take uh, X reality stars. They probably will in like season four or five. They'll do like celebrity squid game challenge. That'll that's coming. Mm. 456 minor celebrities are competing and who can spit the most spit into a tin can and then dig it out with their fingers. What season do you think they do all star squid games? Well, but I mean, the thing is with squid games, seven part of it is that it starts out with 456 people. You know, that's like part mm-hmm. of the the mechanics of the game. If you did a celebrity squid game, would it start with like 16 celebrities? 16 celebrities and 430 civilians. Yeah, exactly. And then it's like the celebrities are going to be given preferential mm. treatment. I don't know that it lends itself to that, honestly. They would have to really like reconfigure the game. Interesting. I was just thinking that like you have all stars who are in it, who are coming back for a second tour 
and they can just be part of it. And of course, they're going to focus on it narratively. Right. But then like, what if that person gets knocked out in the first game? In quotes, you know, they don't get knocked yeah. out in the first game, obviously. And then you get even like, I think already people are like, they're just playing favorites. This is all rigged. I think if you did something like mm. that, it would be even worse. You have to knock a celebrity out in the first round. Tara Reid or Pace Case. <laughs> the sacrificial lamb. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we hope that you get this up and running. That would be very cool. And we hope that what we've we've discussed here helps you. Let's move on to our next question. Welcome. To my audio question, this is Claire in your Pace Case and Bachelor Clues, or should I say Lizzie and Chad? My question is burning. This question has been my perpetual minutiae alarm while listening to the podcast for months now. Here's my question. How easy is it for you both to code switch for when you refer to each other, either using gore monikers or street names? A while ago, I listened to you both on another podcast and heard some slipping, calling each other Pace Case, Bachelor Clues, before switching to your civilian names. This made me think, are these two such Howie Mandel-approved geniuses that they've never used the wrong name when speaking about the other to friends, family, beloved pets? I've thought about this too much over the past few months. Please release me from my agony over this information. Praise be. Dark Lord Palmer. I love the Medusha question. This is excellent. Yeah, this one's deep in the weeds. <laughs> <laughs> this is something I've literally never thought about. Uh, for me, it's kind of interchangeable. Uh, I do it almost constantly. <laughs> I am mixing them up. And I'll. I, it's mostly like I'll call you clues in something where they're like, what? Yeah, I definitely have been talking to like you know other people like oh yeah the, i do this podcast with my friend pace case like i'll i'll say pace case to people who have no idea who you are and they're just like what <laughs> this person's name is pace case that's well her so name's funny. lizzie pace but that's like her instagram handle and then i have to go down the whole road of like instagram handles and why we do that and blah 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 the instagram handle thing is pretty funny that it's lasted this long i know even <laughs> as the the instagram influence in our beloved game is dying it's become an identity yeah well, it'll always be my identity i don't give a shit yeah it's like banksy to me who i heard did reveal his true identity i always say you're the bachelor nation's banksy oh thank you very much except we know who you are but yeah in terms of switching back and forth like what is it in my brain that makes me say lizzie or pace case i don't even know lizzie sounds so weird <laughs> Yeah, it it doesn't sound that weird to me, but it's I I just don't. It's just another name for the same person to me. I they literally like your name Lizzie or Pace Case. It's interchangeable. I don't know what throws that switch in my brain. I, it's an interesting question, one that I've never thought about, and I have no good answer for. My apologies. How about you? <laughs> no, my answer is I almost confuse them constantly. Yeah. Well, we hope that's yeah. uh, answered your question. Thank you for it. I believe we have one more. Are you ready, Pace Case, for the final question of this first grab bag episode? Let's go. Here we go. Hi, Gore team. My name is Sarah. I'm a mom from Maine. From the bottom of the pit, thank you for being such a great support for all of our collective sanity in the last several years. My question is for Bachelor Clues. With AI technology altering every aspect of our lives for now and forever, could you describe your predictions of what it may look like to become an influencer in five years, 10 years, 20 years? 
Praise be our beloved game. Thank you for this final AI question. It's my pleasure to tell you exactly what's going to happen with influencers. <laughs> You're already seeing it. Okay, already seeing it. This has already been happening for a while. Lil Michaela was the first artificial influencer. She has a couple million or one point something million followers on Instagram and is not a real person. And you're seeing more and more of that. I read a big article the other day about a bunch of people are using AI to create women that don't exist to start OnlyFans accounts. And they're not even like smart pornographic or fully nude. It's just like women in bikinis, but they can get they can render the same fake character again and again and again in different shots. And then they just open an OnlyFans account. And it's like free money, basically, because you can generate these images for no cost uh, infinitely. I think what you're going to see hmm. is there will be two kinds of influencers. Shop local. Shop local. What? <laughs> what? I don't understand that one. <laughs> That's a pace case special right there. Shop local. <laughs> huh? What? Um, I think what you're going to see is kind of two sets of influencers. I think there's going to be a strong backlash against AI generated images and influencers. And I think because of that, you're going to mm. see a lot of people pivoting toward doing like real content where it's like, yeah, makeup tutorials are cool and all that. And making yourself look as good as you can with filters is great, but you're never going to be able to compete with what an AI can do in that territory. So I think you'll probably see the opposite people who are like super genuine, super real doing shit uh, in that kind of category, you know, then you're going to see massive AI influencers come out of this. You're going to see probably, uh, an AI influencer become like critical mass famous. We're talking like shows up at the Super Bowl and shit like that. I think that's coming in the next five years or so within five years, within five years, you think an AI character will play at the Super Bowl? Or something like that. You're going to see like a sitcom, like a giant sitcom or giant TV show or movie that's going to have a character in it, a main character that is not real, that is not played by a human person, that is scripted mm. by an AI, completely created by an AI. That's definitely coming. And I think that's within the next five years, just based on the last year of AI text to image, text to video development, how quickly it's moving. I think you're going to see like anybody who works in special effects, uh, I'm not saying they're out of a job, but a lot of them will be because you're going to get to a point where you can just take a piece of video, draw a lasso around an area in it, type in what you want to be there, and it will be there and it will be photorealistic. That's a year away, maybe two years away. So I think once you get to that level of image and video manipulation, uh, when you're looking at influencing SFX catching strays <laughs> anybody really who works in any kind of like um computer to image industry like you better learn how to use ai or definitely you'll be replaced but i think we're going to get to a point very quickly where especially in influencing which is all video and image that's all influencing is you're posting images of yourself and videos of yourself all of that is going to be able to be generated with AI, with people that don't exist. And you're going to see someone who generates the right combination of whatever it needs to be to make a Kim Kardashian or something. You're going to see someone that popular that is not real coming out within the next five years for hmm. sure. hundred percent. What about like live stream? Like people who are already famous, you just see like they have drones following them constantly. So you just like have them open. That's coming. 
Uh, there's also, this is a little bit of a longer prediction, but you will see a thing called dream streamers. That's going to happen where you go to sleep at night, you put on a little skull cap that has electrodes on it and it turns your dreams into videos. That's coming, I'd say within the next two or three years, the rudimentary technology for that already exists where you, they have the skull cap and they can put it on your head and whatever you're thinking, it will generate an image of that. And it's like really accurate. What? Um, I think that that technology is going to be a a real hot button issue because police are going to start using it when they're interrogating people. And then it's like, is that a privacy uh, violation? So on and so forth. So there will be like some interesting laws that come up around that technology. But it's also going to be what's used to be able to talk to your pets and all this kind of stuff. It essentially is like a, a form of telepathy. The, the building block, the first part of that technology exists now. And so I think within the next couple of years, it's... But it's only in a pig. No, they've done it on humans. Like The famous one is they held up a picture of a giraffe to a guy while he's wearing the little helmet. And he looks at the picture of the giraffe and then it takes the signals from his brain and creates whatever image he's thinking of. And it makes a picture of a giraffe. And you're like, okay, (laughs) that's real. And that works very well. Holy shit. So uh, that's another part of influencing. I think there's going to be because of AI, there are going to be kind of new media generation technologies like dream streaming that we we're not even aware of yet. So the entire, not just influencers, but like movies, TV, all media is going to drastically change because of AI. You're going to see shows and movies that AI just makes for fun and it's out and you can watch it and who knows what's going to be in that. But definitely in terms of influencing, you are going to see um, some kind of influencer that is made that is not human, that is going to be extremely famous. And what you're talking about with live streaming too, It'll get to a point where AIs can have real-time conversations with you. And uh, I mean, it already kind of is there. Like you can turn on a chat GPT function where you can speak to it in in language and it will speak back to you in a voice. We're going to get to a point where those voices can be honed into uh, very specific, very interesting sounding people. They will come with an image of what that person is and you can just have endless conversations with them. We all will be able to simultaneously, just like in that movie, Her. This is all coming within the next year or two, I'd say. I mean, some of it's already here. Some of it already is here. So that's it. Thank you for your question. Thank you for all these questions. These have been great questions. We're going to have another. (laughs) Sweet dream streams, everyone. I'm going to be a fucking dream streamer. You kidding me? I can't wait. As soon as that technology is available, get ready. Oh, my God. I don't want to. I don't want to see Clue's dreams. (laughs) Welcome to Clue's dream stream. You know what my dreams are? Every once in a while, I got a bachelor dream, and uh, I have had a few dreams about Scorlius. But my recurring dreams, <laughs> my my recurring dreams are getting chased by police and fighting aliens. I have those all the time. <laughs> God. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, that would be Anyways. a. a, a- cool upgrade for gore we can just upload our dream screams directly into the podcast yeah we'll be able to and i look forward to doing it but uh thank you everyone for sending in these questions we hope you have enjoyed our answers we're going to have another one of these episodes coming up uh next week so we hope you'll tune in for that as well as we're headed into the holidays we hope everybody out there is having a great time with their friends family loved ones whatever you choose to do happy holidays Stay safe out there. Keep dreaming. (laughs) 
dreams away. <laughs> Don't worry about your dreams being recorded. <laughs> Only if you record them. Well, no, pro- I'm sure Meta will be like stealing your dream data too, but whatever. Anyways, <laughs> before we go, as always, what is that dwab at? There's been 7,940 days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us and then.